Hey, welcome to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. And we are excited to be back with you. This is the show where we give you a younger perspective and an older perspective on just different issues in life. And we try to discuss it and bring some light to it and even some understanding from uh, an older person and a younger person. And so, Dave, you are the older person and I am the younger person. Uh, I don't know how I got there. It just happened. It just happened. One day I woke up. One day you woke up. Somebody said, you're older. That's right. (laughs) Boy, that happened. That's okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's right. kind of weird. Sometimes like, you're more hep than I am. Yeah. Well, that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. Yeah. But that's good. That's good. So we've been tackling a bunch of different issues lately, and we recently, in our near past, did an episode on stress. And not that we want to talk about that again, but there was a, there was a hot button word that I wanted to revisit. Okay. Because it's, it's a word that I think we've thrown out multiple times on, on a lot of previous episodes. I'd like to throw out a few more words. And, and we, it seems like we always throw out a lot of words. I like to throw them out, not use them again. Oh, like throw them out. I like to throw out the English language. What would be the language that you would create? I, yeah, one that makes sense. I mean, let me, let me like throw... Like sense as in pennies? Let me, let me throw... That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> let, me, let, me throw some, let, me, let me throw something at you. I'll duck. Um, when you're looking at a deer, you're looking at one. When you're looking at a bunch of deer, that's many. Same word. Same word. It should be deers. <laughs> don't you think i, I th- that makes sense to so me so let me ask you this Please. who is it that makes these rules up i want to find this person i would... somebody has to yes so who made up the rules merriam and webster I, well, I would like to meet them and talk to them about some of these rules i think they're dead then who's making them up <laughs> who's currently making them up uh, somebody that is because I think there are a bunch of things. Can that, we make rules that, up? I think we should be able to, but whenever I do an editor, changes it. Oh, because because it doesn't can't. fit the rule that somebody we don't know about made. But people are defining the rules all. I mean, now we have like texting language. Yeah, but who does this? Because you have to say a sentence in 140 characters. I less. would like to start a campaign that I be the person in the world who decides. What is right in the English language and what is not? I would like to do that. I don't know if I and, would trust you. <laughs> and it would go to Deers. Or, 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 uh, okay, you have. Okay, you I, have, will, you I, have will, I will allow you to have. You have teeth, right? I do. Okay. It, so a single you, tooth is, is tooth. So are you saying we should have tooths? Yes. Why do we go from tooths to teeth? I don't know. We have sleuths. Well, yes. But why did somebody change the spelling? Instead, isn't there already here's, a rule? Here's my favorite that I want to change. All right. Moose. That's right. Why is it not meese? I don't know. I, let's change it. But then that would, I mean, it would go against what you want because you want deers and deers, so it would be mooses. Okay. the meese instead of geese and a goose. And you got to put an E-S instead of an S. Yes. Why? Because it's not being responsible. <laughs> <laughs> you like that segue? You know... <laughs> Here we are trying to define something. We can't even get a grasp of the English language, and we don't know who is responsible. And thank you for still listening after that. Yes, and we don't know who's responsible for doing all this. We don't know who's responsible for a lot of things. I don't even know what responsibility is. Who's responsible for for naming all the colors? Who's on first? Uh, I know. I know who's on third. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally confused. We're talking about responsibility. That's right. What is it? That's a good question. I think it's a word that we've used all the time that I think might mean different to different people. And okay. so to me, responsibility is, is 
owning something that you need to. Okay, what comes with ownership, though? It, there's buy-in. There's there's okay. using using your skills and leadership to 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 show others how to do something. Okay, well let's let's vague. take it on a simple level. Try you, use, you own a house. I do own a house. What does it mean for you to be a responsible homeowner? It means that I take care of the house. Okay, which means so if something breaks, I fix it. Okay, I keep it. I upkeep it. The bigger responsibility of it is paying for it. Okay. You know, so I have to make sure that I am responsible in, in okay. that. Um, if there's a, a hole in the roof, I got to fix it. Okay. So it means taking take care, care of... Taking care of it. Now, there's different levels of taking care of it. Right. One level of taking care of it would mean that you don't have to worry about it. Right. Because you took care of it responsibly and right. Right. So if you fix your roof with um, duct tape, it would probably give way after a while. Yeah, but it would work for a little bit. Unless so, you did it in the rain. Right. So your stress factor would be higher. Right. Because actually you weren't responsible by fixing it the way you should. Right. And now you're wondering how you can get rid of stress. Yes. Well, fix the roof right. But what if I don't know how? Then you got to learn how or you got to get somebody else to do it. Because Which would be responsibility. That would be responsibility. That's right. So a lot of times I think the, the, the things in life that drive us nuts are because we're not responsible. We don't take ownership and we don't maintain. The maintenance part is really harder because we tend to um, respond to things after they fall apart. Right. When it gets almost to the breaking point. Exactly. So I was looking at my house the other day. And I actually was cleaning the leaves off the roof, and I blow them off the roof with a blower. And, and when you do that, it, there's all kinds of mud and stuff that come with it, come out of the gutters and things, you know what I mean? Just yuck. Yuck. It got on the deck, and I blew that away, and it got on the house, and it was all dirty. And my wife came home and said, the house is a wreck. I said, yeah, I know. So now, now I have to go get a, my pressure washer, and I need to wash the deck in the house. And before you know it, I'm washing the whole house. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she thought so too. And in the process, though, it was more of a responsible thing. It was like, okay, there's a bunch of dirt on the house, a bunch of stuff. Be responsible. While I was doing that, I noticed a section of the garage and I finished it. Well, we're going to have to repaint that next spring. Mm -hmm. That to me is responsible. Does it need it right now? Does it need it next spring? No, I think if I do it next spring, I'm going to head off some problems down the road. Right. That's what I'm looking for because I don't need the stress down the road right? of saying, oh, my house is falling apart. Right. What am I going to do? You should have painted it two years ago. Right. And that's where I think the mind frame has to go. Your generation. The millennials. And, and, younger. and younger. There's a hard, it's hard for you to think in terms of future. Right. Because now is so pressing. Right. It's all about the now. And, and almost to the point where you want to be part of it, but not really have it be on your shoulders. Right. Does that make sense? Right. You know, like I want to be in this, I want to be all about this, but by tomorrow I could, I could wash my hands of it. Right. You know. Absolutely. Hey, what, you're, what you're describing is um, kind of a YOLO kind of thing. YOLO. Yeah. I mean, that was the, that was the phrase. Yeah. 
I don't know what the current phrase is. I don't know what it is either. But the bottom line really is you're you're, you're talking about, okay, today I would like to do this for enjoyment. Right. Looking at and cleaning a house and getting the leaves off the roof is not really for today's enjoyment. Right. But you need to do it anyway, or it's going to cause problems down the road. Right. And then what you need is more money to fix the problems. Mm -hmm. And you think... Money is the answer, and it's a cycle you get into, and pretty soon there's this stress thing happening because you've been irresponsible. You haven't taken care of things all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, health-wise, same thing. Do you, do you, uh, are you into nutrition at all? Do you ever think about that stuff? A little bit. A little bit. How's it going to affect you? I mean, how does thinking about nutrition affect you personally? Does it affect you at all? Uh, a little bit. I mean, how? You know, I mean, it's the sort of thing like – my my sense of nutrition is you know I want to eat healthy you know and all that and, why and the way it impacts me is because I not only do I feel better but I feel like I have more energy okay you know so it's almost like throwing out the word responsible I'm being responsible in my body because if I just eat junk you know and and don't give my body the nutrients that it needs then I don't have the motivation I need to get the things done and so I see that I see the different effects and so I want to own. See your answer was very youthful because what you're looking at is for the benefit now. Right. I'm looking at the benefit 10 years from now. Right. And you're looking at the benefit for now. Right. Which is, by the way, a good thing. I right. mean, if you're going to eat right to have more energy now, that's certainly a good thing. However, um, if all of a sudden you had to go to a medical facility and you had a heart attack, the doctor might sit you down and talk about, okay, how did we get here? Right. How about years of donuts? Donuts. Years of Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin' Donuts. You do? Oh, I do. I do. I haven't had one in years, but because I used to eat a dozen at a time. That wasn't a problem. A dozen at a time? Oh, come on. Wow. Tell me you never ate a dozen donuts. I never ate a dozen donuts. Oh, I pity you. I you've never. Ne- you've never. The, the most I ever had was it, was, it was when I was in high school, there was Krispy Kreme Donuts, and they, you know, when the, the sign was hot and fresh, you'd yeah. get them for free. And I think I had like five of them. Okay. I that- think I, the last time I, I'm 32, the last time I've ever puked yeah. <laughs> was the morning after that. And that was when I was in seventh grade. Yep. So I haven't had more than five donuts today. Well, I would, I would be traveling and I would get a dozen donuts and plan on having some arrive at home, but they didn't arrive at home. So, you know, they're sitting next to you on the car seat. That I one, love pizza. So it'd be the same yeah, thing about pizza. Exactly. Now, That's right. So, so let's say your doctor was saying, okay, your cholesterol out of control. You're really... When I first went in for my heart, the doctor pretty much said, you're a heart attack waiting to happen again. Wow. I said, why? And he told me the reasons. How do you fix it? It's a long haul. You've been doing things wrong for years. Well, can I fix it now? No. The only way to fix it now is radical. We got to go in there and roto-root it or whatever we got to do. That's a pretty radical procedure. (laughs) So it's really hard for people to think in terms of responsibility that today I need to eat correctly because 20 years from now I want to be healthy. Right. Today I want to take care of my house because when it rains and snows, I don't want to have to worry about the roof leaking. And because the stress that comes from that, the stress that comes from having a heart attack on your family and on you and on everybody else, of course, death too could be there. Right. That's the stuff that we could avoid by being responsible now, if we want to be. Yeah. So, 
I think anyway, in your generation, it's really hard because of the YOLO thing that has happened, and it's so everything's so in your face right, right. now. And and there's the instant results that we're looking for, you know. I mean, that's why we have so many health trends that probably you know come and go, or whether it's diets, or, you know, or things like that, because we want the results now versus the long term, right? You know, and I think with responsibility, there is an aspect of that long term, and I think a lot of my generation runs from that because we don't necessarily see the value in waiting. We want it here and now. And that's, that's where we're missing out on things I, I think about, you know, because it's, it's planning for the future that we need to do more and be responsible about that, you know, because there are, there are benefits to the here and now responsibility and the benefit, you know, but there's also the, the longer ones that you were talking about. Well, how easy is it for you though? You know, you have to do something and somebody says, Hey, let's do this instead. And, and right now in the moment, that's really pressing. So you just forget what you're supposed to do and do it. Right. Up. Right. Is that, is that normal? Is that normal for your age group to do that? I would think. Maybe. Yeah. See, and, and I'm thinking the opposite. If you came and said, no, let's do this right now, I'm going, well, I have to cut the grass and do this and do that. Right. Now, you might be saying in one case, well, I'm more relational than you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying I'm less stressed than you are. Right. So during my relationship times, I'm not always stressed out. Right. During your relationship times, you might be stressed out because you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. You don't know how you're going to take care of the house. In other words, let's be responsible with this whole thing and try and get to the point where we do what we're supposed to do. Right. If we can even identify that. No, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think that even in my life, like I, I know that I'm even different from some of my millennials in that sense. And maybe because I'm a parent right now and, and I see some of that value in, in training my, my, my boys at the moment because there's things I teach them that they don't understand, but in the long run will help them. And I think it's the same way with us as we learn different things. And so as we continue to talk about responsibility and, and how we can be responsible, what this responsibility is, I would encourage you to, to uh, stick with us. We're going to take a short break here on Younger versus Older, and we'll be right back. Not versus, younger and older. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to Younger and Older, not Younger versus Older, Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. We're excited to be here. We've been talking about responsibility and kind of what it looks like in life. And just we threw out a few different situations, a few different scenarios, kind of from an older perspective, younger perspective. But what we wanted to do in the second half of the show is kind of bring it into a biblical perspective and kind of see what what is this responsibility thing that we keep talking about. Because uh, we talked about how, at least with my generation, we're, we're so focused on the here and now responsibility, but not necessarily the responsibility of the long term and owning that. Um, and, and I think there's some biblical principles that we could draw from that can help us shine light on what responsibility is all about. Yeah. And Dave, uh, there's a passage that we're, that we're going to look at. I think it's in Hebrews. Hebrews 11. And so let's, let's dive into this and maybe dissect it and have a conversation about it. Well, I, I want to ask you as I read some of these names, are, yeah. were these people responsible? Were they nuts? I mean, yeah. this kind of thing. Okay, Noah. Noah. Everybody knows Noah. What did he do? He built a boat. Where? In the middle of, like, land. On a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Like the last place you'd th- think you'd build a boat. In a time where they didn't have trailers. Unless they right. had a Flintstone kind of thing going on that I don't know about. That would be pretty impressive. Yeah, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. The amount of legs needed to move something like the Ark would be impressive. However, we don't even think that at this point in history there was rain. Right. So God tells this guy, Noah. Any rain. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah. We think it was more of a greenhouse effect at this point. Oh, okay. In the, in the land and everything was. 
People live to be a lot older then. Right, right. And it, it was more, as far as we've understood, it was a greenhouse kind of effect. Everything was perfect growing conditions. Um, you know, Noah was like 500 years old when he started building this thing. Right. He so was, people lived a lot older back then. And part of it was probably the atmosphere and, and the food and, I mean, everything else. But, but Noah, as a guy that was 500 years old, was told to build a boat in a mountain right. because it was going to rain. Right. Think of how many things there don't make sense. Right. And if, and if we were to walk up to the situation in the moment, we'd be like, wow, that is not responsible. Right. You're being an idiot. You're stupid. Yeah. There's no way that it's going to rain. We've never seen rain. What is rain? Right. And, yeah. And there's no way that you're going to have a boat in the mountain ever move to wherever the water is. Right. There's Especially no way. the size of that it was. And you're 500 years old and you flipped out. Yeah. Now, they might not have mind. I don't know if he hired a bunch of people to help him or whatever. It was just his sons and him and whatever. But, you know, I'm sure it was. I wonder. I sometimes wonder if they had, like, let's go make fun of Noah parties. <laughs> like that was the they thing pulled up their little stone lawn chair, you know, and sat there and watched him build a boat and made fun of him. Yeah, I don't know. Because yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. Right, right. But he's listed in Hebrews 11. Right. And I want to encourage our listeners to go open the Bible, read Hebrews 11 sometime. He's listed as one of the heroes of the faith. Right. He's listed as one of the responsible people. So he was responsible because he built an ark, a big boat, in a mountain. Not near to any water. So help me come up with a definition. If he's responsible, what does it mean to be responsible? I think responsibility is, is, is taking ownership of your relationship with God. Okay. That sounds very vague. Yeah. But, but he was his his in his mind his goal was to be obedient to what God was asking him to do. Okay. And so I think responsibility then an aspect of it would be uh, an obedience to to God in our relationship to him. So the first is to getting to know God. Get it, yeah. So in order to to get to that point you have to get to know God and get to know what he how he wants us to live our life. Can you be responsible and not know God? Well, if we based our definition off of that, then I would say no. Yes, I don't think you can either. I mean, so first step for anyone who's going to be responsible. And if you're responsible, that reduces stress. Right. But if you're not responsible, it increases stress. And that, uh, profoundly and enough, what you just said, get to know God, is actually one of the biggest things that people are irresponsible about. There you go. Especially in my generation. How do you get to know somebody? You got to spend time with them. Got to spend time with them. Like so, Dave, you know, before right. we hung out. Right. I, I knew you as Dave, and I had an idea of who you are. Right. You know, and it's and it's almost the the, the perception. You know, because right. there's a lot of people that I come across that that, and you're probably aware of this, that think that you're intimidating. Oh yeah. You know, which I, pra- I which I practice that, which I find hilarious. Yeah. Because I know you, and I've gotten time to spend time with you. Well, then I got to work on it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, in order to to get to know God, you have to spend time with Him, and that's that's responsibility. That's the first step of responsibility, I think, is is investing that time. So no one knew him well enough right? that when God said build a boat in a mountain, he said, okay. Right, right. See, so that's responsible. Now, there, there came a point where, like, it could have been that Noah was under stress as people made fun of him, but there came a point where Noah was not under stress and everybody else was. Right. And Noah's stress was curable. Right. And was good stress. Right. Because he was responsible to know God. Yeah. So when I look at you, okay, you're a young guy, you've been married. How many years have you been married? I've been married. I just celebrated my fifth anniversary. Fifth anniversary. So married five years, got two kids, another one on the way. 
what does the Bible, what do you know for sure that God says about you as a husband? How should you treat your wife? I should love her and honor her. Okay. Like Christ loved the church. Yep. You know what he said. Yep. So now the responsibility lies to you to do what he said. To do what he said. Absolutely. Um, You know as a husband you are to be faithful to your wife. Yep. Yep. Okay. You know what he said. Now you need to be doing what he said. That's responsible. Right. So what would make you not do what God says? What would make me not do what he says? Yes. In other words, you, all of a sudden you decide, I'm going to go have an affair or I'm just going to do something. What would make you do that? It would be not being responsible. Yeah, you'd be thinking of just that specific moment and not thinking at all about the future, not right. thinking at all about God, not thinking at all about others. Right. You'd be choosing to ignore the truth that you know about God. And, you, and, and part and of that choosing is... choosing to accept the benefit of it. You know, that's what temptation is all about. Exactly. You know, because we're not going to be tempted with something that isn't um, enticing to us. You know, it's almost like when you go fishing. I don't know if you're a fisherman, Dave. I'm just getting into it. You know, but you're not going to catch a fish if you have, like, nothing on the hook. Right. You know, you got to have something that is attractive, that looks worthwhile. And that's that's what Satan does to us, is he's not going to tempt us with something that's that's not fun, that's ugly, and that would be a waste of time for us. Right. He's going to set us up with the right lure that's going to be shiny, new, you know, just be like, ooh, what is that? So that we pounce on it. He has to, because why would you bite a hook? Right, exactly. But we do it all the time. Yep, yep. And, you know, I think I was talking to um, some 8- to 10-year-old kids the other night, and I was just trying to talk about this responsibility thing. Yeah. And what we did is we said there's three things you have to do to be responsible. Three things. Three things. And to stop temptation, actually. Okay. Number one, you got to know the truth. Right. You got to know God. You got to know what he said. You gotta, yep. number, if you don't know that, you're never going to get out of stress. You're never going to know what you're supposed to do. Right. You got to know God. Because the most stressful things in life basically are, are, are from ignorance of knowing God. I right. I mean, they really are. Yeah. The, the second thing you have to decide is once you know God and what he said, is that you're going to do what he says. Right. Regardless of how you feel. Right. Boy, that's the message. That, that's, that's, tough. That's, that's, yeah, that's where the rubber meets the road right there. So have you ever done anything that you just didn't feel like doing, but you did it because it was right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the important thing to get to. Right. I encouraged these kids. I said, I want you to go home tonight and this week, and I'm going to ask them next week when I see them. I, I want you to go home and do something you don't feel like doing. It's right. So when you pass the garbage and it's full, take it out. Yeah. Don't even say anything. Just take it out, get the garbage can ready. And you know, when I got home, something smelled in our house. It was our garbage. And I immediately thought, I don't want to take it out. <laughs> and I looked at, at my wife and I said, I got to do this. I got to go take the garbage out right now. Yep. And I did. And I said, not only that, I'm going to go look for more garbage in the house. Why? Because I didn't feel like it. And that's what I challenged the kids to do. Get to the point where you know the truth, whatever it is, and, and you got to know God. But then practice saying no to your feelings because your feelings will start dictating everything about your life. Right. And your feelings, can't, you can't trust them. No. You can't trust them. And they're going to dictate things. But a lot of us base our decisions off our feelings. That's the crazy thing. The YOLO thing. Right now, I mean, some, some attractive young lady walk in and, and try and get your attention. It's like, yeah, for this little moment in history, my little brain's going crazy. And you go, wait a minute, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. Right. You know why? Because I know what God said. I've already decided to do what God says. Yeah. Now, if you don't have those two steps in place, right. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. The third step is decide to do it over and over again. Mm. Make a habit of it. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, right. it, the kids look like, that's not another step. 
Yes, it is. Right. I mean, it's one thing to say, I don't know if you've ever done this, like, okay, I'll do it, but you're never planning on doing it again. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I'll take the garbage out, but I'm going to avoid this like the plague in the future. Right, right. No, what about this? What about saying, I know what's right, I'm going to do what's right, and I'm going to do what's right over and over and over again. Hmm. Those are good steps. Those are very I good mean, steps. I mean, those, those help me as, at my age, and I'm thinking, for you, how many, how many problems will that solve and have you avoid in life? Right. It's a totally different perspective. It is. It is. And the problem is we don't practice it. So I don't think you get to be a Noah one day by right. just saying, oh, yeah, God's going to tell me to do something. It's not going to make any sense to me. Does it have to make sense to do it? Mm -mm. No. I mean, you look at Moses, too. I mean, he's another name that was... Or Abraham. Or Abraham. You know, all those. I mean... I mean, imagine Moses, you know, about the, you know, getting my people out of Egypt, all that sort of stuff. So you, you go through everything that Moses did, you know, trying to get out of it. Then you end up doing it. You go through the plagues and then finally you're leaving. And then you come to this body of water yeah. and being like, seriously. But he was at that point ready to, he knew God. He had already seen him work and he was yeah. ready to do it over and over again. And it, it doesn't need to make sense to you. Right. And, that's, and that's, that's the thing that I think stops people is that they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, a lot of things don't make sense in our culture. No. You know, especially when we're living for God. I mean, you looked at Noah, that didn't make sense, but he did it, and look at what happened. You know, look at Moses, that didn't make sense, but he did it. You know, and this is the same thing in our culture. Just because it defies culture doesn't mean it's not the right yeah. thing to do. And, and really, if your definition of life is I need the most comfort right now and et cetera, then... Nothing makes sense to you because you're putting it through that filter. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to exercise. Right. Because you'd rather eat a donut and lay around. Right. I mean, it doesn't make sense for you to leave your comfort zone. Right. But you have to in order to grow and develop and become who you should be. Mm -hmm. And when you look at these illustrations in the Bible, one of the best things to do is, is try and read, and I hope our listeners read Hebrews 11, and try and define the words. So yeah. I'm defining these people were people who were put in the Bible because they did it right. They also have moments you want to go check their lives, and, and as they're talked about, that they do things wrong, and God doesn't hide that. They, we all do things wrong. Right. But in this particular case, they're saying these guys did it right, and they were responsible. But in each case, I mean, Abraham, he was asked to take his son, put him on an altar, and kill him. Right, which didn't make sense. No. And he didn't do—God stopped that, by the way, but he, he was in the process. Right. Moses— you know, go take on the most powerful person in the world and tell him, you know, he's wrong and his gods are all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, look at who's in Hebrews 11 and go say, how are they responsible? And then ask yourself, how am I responsible? Absolutely. Today? And not even just in Hebrews 11. I mean, you look all over scripture, you know, you look back at Daniel, you know, who was intentional about spending time getting to know God. And so when that was a law that kept him from that, he still did it, you know, and then you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, also in the book of Daniel. You know, and even if God didn't save them, they're still willing to go and say that I'm not standing up for this idol. You know, and so there's, there's examples. As you read Scripture, just look at how people trusted in God. Why? Because they were able to get to know Him. Yep. And it changed the way that they lived their lives. And they were willing to bank on it, even when it didn't make sense. You know, because I tell you, put ourselves in, in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's shoes. Would we be willing to say, you know what, regardless of whether or not what God does, I'm still going to do that? Absolutely. 
you know, and that's responsibility. Yep. That's what we're talking about when we're getting responsible. So thank you for joining us during this this episode of Younger and Older with Jason and Dave. It is a part of Relate365.com, a ministry of Silver Birch Ranch. Feel free to go to Relate365.com to, to check in on past episodes and download those and catch up to where we're at. And we love having you back. So continue to, to listen, continue to share this with your fans, and we will see you here next time. This is Jason and Dave. See you later.